For the first time in memory, several churches in New York City closed for today's services. They had good reason to do so, with the storm being anticipated and the force expected to be part of it. It made good sense to encourage people to stay indoors, not to go wandering about the city, be safe. In the same way, many other churches were open. And in those places, just as here, because people are stuck at home, can't get to church, service will be adjusted in some way. But here we are for those who are able to cross the street, for those who are in town visiting and can find their way here. And so those places that are closed and those that are open, we share in one thing today. That whether we are open or whether we are closed, whether we are here or whether we are there, we are all in the presence of God. Soggy, windy, dry, wherever we may be, the presence of God does not require one to walk through the doorway of a building with four walls or to open a window. The presence of God is always with us, even in the midst of the greatest of storms. And that's it. You know, that's really, if you think about it, all we really need to do is to remember that we're in the presence of God, that God is with us here, at home, whether we're dry, whether we're soggy, whether we're being evacuated from hospitals, whether we've been injured, or even in the too many who will find transition through this storm and the accidents that result because of it. God is with us through it all. So that's it, huh? Is it easy to do? Not always for me. It's hard to remember that God is always with us, especially when things are tough, especially when there's loss of life or damage or disruption or something's not going our way or we're dealing with conditions. It's hard because those things sort of invade us and take over. And I think that we all strive to hold on to the higher self that Matthew is talking about in this morning's gospel. And he quotes Jesus in, in very poetic ways. If you look at the verses, they're, they're almost perfect poetic verses. And there's a good chance that Jesus and the disciples in a heated conversation about the topic of this morning's reading didn't sit there speaking in poetic terms. They probably were having a pretty good discussion. But in the summary, as Matthew writes it for us, for those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. It's pretty clear. lose their life, or in today's terms, maybe something like, hey, first things first, guys. We're all children of God in the many ways we know God, 
and we are all on the transitory road, and we are all crossing the transversal between space and time, and we are all on our way to whatever that welcoming is beyond all that we know, beyond all that we can imagine. So guys, gals, keep first things first. Or, for those who want to save their life, be willing to lose it. And those who lose their life, for my sake, will find it. But to go back to what I was saying before, still it's pretty hard to get through some of the things we face without falling into some blind denial as a form of anesthesia. A denial which really is no tribute to a God of our understanding or our own resilience. And it's hard. It's hard to keep all of that in our mind and in our heart when we're going through things. It's just hard. And faith, prayer, communities of faith and prayer, meditation, spiritual acts of all sorts remind us that we are more than whatever it is we might be facing. There is more with us than whatever it is we might be facing. God is greater than whatever it is we might be facing. And that reminder comes best in community. It comes best in the company of one another. There is a courage, I think, inside each of us that comes, that was planted there from the sheer burst of love that created the universe and each of us in it. That lightning flash that brightens even the darkest night is the flash that gives us everything we need to see. It is profound, it is cosmic, it is eternal, you choose the word. And it is in each of us. It is present in varying degrees of our consciousness. After all, we're here on the earth. We get pulled in the direction of accomplishments and possessions. Subconsciousness is not something that we elevate easily into our present thinking. Other things capture our attention and we forget about that burst, we forget about the light, we forget about that courage that is in us, that love that is connected to the sheer vastness and the one who created all. So it could easily fall from our thoughts of sustenance, how am I going to get through, and inspiration, how am I going to get done what I needed to get done, and the humility that comes from recognizing that guess what, we're not in charge. We got this little piece we think we're in charge of, but that light, that flash from well beyond what we know is really what is most important in each of us. Still, even if we have trouble placing ourselves into that space, it is a lighting, a lightning that is powerful enough to bore even through the densest degrees of our denial or our defenses. And the boring through of those defenses and those denial comes best in community and with one another. The truth is, 
for me that if I had never known others who had embraced these great spirits they speak of, that great spirit within, if I had never known others who spoke of it, who practiced it, who demonstrated it in their lives, I never would have known it. I really do not believe that on my own, sitting in my own little space with this magic magnifying mind of mine in which I think I am a legend in my own mind, I do not think I would have gotten these truths, these beliefs, these demonstrations of what people are willing to do for what it is they believe in that encourages me to do the same to the degree that I am able. But even with people around, even in community, even with others that are so courageous, so loving, so strong, so faithful, even with those examples, even in the midst of trying to do better, I still have stumbled into the pitfalls. I still have had my share of pratfalls. I fall to temptations. And I find disappointments in my own behavior and responses. But you know, no one ever told me growing up, hey Ray, that's part of the human condition. Get used to it. It's like going to be with you always, these things. I hate to tell you how long I held on to an early lesson in my life when I had the nuns in school. And the nuns said, you have to have a soul that is pure as the driven snow. It has to be pure and white. Every sin is a mark on it. A venial sin is a little dark mark. A mortal sin is a serious mark. And you have to remove all those things. I had this idea that before I could even pray, I had to be perfect. And so I constantly lived in the reflection of trying to be something I was totally unable to be. Perfect. That lack of understanding that I didn't need to be perfect to enter into God's presence, forget about entering, to be in God's presence. That early belief was a terrible burden. I never felt totally worthy of God, and I don't think that I am totally worthy of God, but I think God thinks I'm totally worthy of God. So I hold on to that. I accept my human condition that I'm not going to be perfect. That I'm going to make mistakes. That I'm not going to be able to elevate myself to sainthood. That I do not want to enter into a place of ignorance or denial to somehow reject the things around me or about myself so that I can live in a delusion that I am pure as the driven snow in some way. And I believe that God brought us each into this world, into this reality, with certain gifts that God gave us to bring to this world. Not as a singular performance on stage, subject to some dogmatic reviews or criticisms by others, but to bring what God gave us into that community of which I speak. And it takes time for these things to emerge. It's not just like, I'm going to be this way. It takes time. It's taken me a long time. 
You know, I was six foot two once. I had to get beat up a lot. I've needed to go through stuff. And I still do. And sometimes I need to be called on my stuff. Just as Jesus did with Peter. Get thee behind me, Satan. Get behind me. Now that's a strong reprimand, but it's a language of almost 2,000 years ago. I mean, it might have been something like, hey, Peter, that's it. I'm done with you. Either you're with me or you need to move on. Let's get with it, Peter. Quit distracting me from what I have to do. See, Peter was still caught up in all of this stuff about Jesus being able to just bring down the heavens and the power of those heavens and get the Romans out of power and take on this revolution and to be in charge and to remove all of the oppression that was being foisted and thrust upon them and more. And Peter cared about Jesus too. He had to. He didn't like it when Jesus said, hey, I'm going to be taking my light and my courage. I'm going to stay on this path, guys. And I know I'm going to be entering into a place where the situation is dangerous. Where in fact there are people angry enough at me that I just might not make it out. He grew up, Jesus, all the disciples grew up seeing the streets lined with crucifixions. They knew what the Romans did when they executed somebody. The Romans wanted them to know what was before them if they didn't follow their orders. Jesus knew he might very well be executed. He told them that. And he said that when that happened, he would be with them again. He would not be leaving them. Has he left you? Or is he with you here today? And if he is in any way that you know that, then for you, Jesus has been risen. But he cared about Jesus. He didn't want to hear it. Peter didn't want to hear Jesus say, that's it, guys, I'll be seeing you, i got to go. We don't like hearing it today. And we certainly don't like to hear it when someone we love and care about seems determined, even in the face of the greatest of dangers, to have the courage to go forward into conditions that might cause them to be harmed. That's bravery to me. Bravery and courage to me is when you do things based on what you believe in and you choose to stay on the path. And there are many examples of bravery in the name of God. Many examples of bravery based on what one believes. And not all of them, not most of them, sorry for all those martyrs out here, not most of them have anything to do with martyrdom. To tell you the truth, one crucifixion is enough for me. And not every person who's a faithful person, a courageous person, dies a violent death. St. Francis of Assisi, he died in his bed. One of the greatest saints, if you hold to saints. So it's not martyrdom that is the most courageous thing. It's not denial. It's not even great acts that everybody recognizes. The most courageous thing for me, the thing that transcends any act of willingness to enter into the physical or other threats of danger, is the act of believing in God. Finding God in every situation, even when it takes time. 
That, I think, is what Jesus' teachings and commandments and rebukes when called for are all about. Have ye no faith, O ye of little faith? Or in today's words, come on, I thought you believed. Believe, really, trust me. You can believe me. I have never anywhere in the gospel heard a reference, anywhere in the Bible, anywhere in commentary, that even suggested for a minute that Jesus lied. Argue about all sorts of other things, but nowhere that he lied. So as Jesus leads these believing disciples on their unfolding journey and the beginning of our own journey in many ways, we too continue on the path to find God, which for us means to know God is always with us. We help one another to find this God that we believe in in the greatest and smallest of things. And then the challenge for us is to do our best to act like people who have found God. (laughs) Whatever that means. And on a day like this when the helpfulness of New Yorkers, you ever notice how New Yorkers really come together when there's a crisis? On this day where New Yorkers are being helpful and rising to that level of care and concern in the midst of this storm, let's figure out how to be that way as a community, as believers, without a crisis. Just on a day-to-day basis. Let's include in that to spread the news, the good news, that without denying for a moment the difficulty of the moment or moments, that we believe the promise and the presence of the risen Jesus and God in the way we know such things, and the fresh winds of the Holy Spirit in the way we know such things. And we believe that those things in the way that we know such things are always there, always there, always there. In this world, from this human condition, that to me is the most courageous of all acts. Believing in such a way that we will be led, no matter what, we will be led through whatever it is we need to go through and wherever it is we need to go. That to me is courage. And since Jesus, to my recollection, has never lied, I suggest to you that we believe all of that because it is, in fact, true. God is always with us. Amen.